Peter Hakem of the Inter-American Dialogue joins us again on Latin Pulse. Welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. We want to talk to you about this upcoming dialogue that is going to happen in Panama with right. the Summit of the Americas. Uh, what, what's your prediction for what we're going to see? Well, uh, basically, I think you're going to see what you've seen in most other summits. Uh the uh, centerpiece or the presidents of the, the centerpiece is the presidents of the various countries of the hemisphere. I think uh, uh, most of the presidents, the overwhelming majority of presidents will be there. The one I've heard has dropped out now is Michelle Bachelet from Chile because of floods in the northern part of the region that have taken a large number of lives. But uh, the agenda is pretty straightforward. There's nothing really sort of new uh, of great importance that the countries can really begin to cooperate on. There's no free trade area. The Americas on the agenda. There's no inter-American democratic charter on the agenda. These are sort of standard objectives that you would expect the countries of the hemisphere to want to to achieve. And uh, they mostly have to do the work themselves. There's a few like climate change uh, that could require some degree of cooperation. Uh, The interesting thing, Rick, is that the last summit of the Americas, which was probably one of the most productive in Cartagena, Colombia, the agenda was similarly an agenda really uh, not terribly inspiring or uh, provoking. Uh, but the countries, uh, Latin American countries, uh, managed to press the United States to put two additional issues on the agenda, which the United States initially resisted quite strongly. One was drug policy and the other was Cuba. And the result uh, of getting those on the agenda, or at least the agenda for the uh, discussion among the presidents themselves, was there is now a two-volume study uh, of drug policy in the hemisphere, which has argued for an important change. The United States has joined in that change, and we're seeing a uh, broader policy that... uh, sort of ends the prohibition and uh, punishment approach and more is public health and prevention, rehabilitation. And the results are not totally obvious now, but it's clear that the United States is no longer the arbiter of drug policy in the Americas. Every country is being encouraged to pursue its own policy. Have, have, we, seen, drug- have we seen a real shift, though, in U.S. policy, other than letting others drive and certainly this move toward legalization in places like Uruguay? Oh, oh, yeah. There's no question you've seen a change in policy within the United States. The Justice Department has been pushing hard for changes in uh, the, the laws regarding sentencing. Uh, there is certainly uh, much more effort to uh, avoid putting uh, sort of users in jail in the United States. And this is the beginning of a trend I think we're going to see uh, that uh, uh, drug uh, violations are going to become less and less uh, 
uh, serious offenses, and that's important. And overseas, the United States, as you said, is encouraging other countries to adopt their own policies. We continue to finance a lot of these policies, so we have an important say. But I think the evolution will be in the same direction. Different countries will pursue different policies, and there will be less emphasis on prohibition and punishment now. You were going to bring up the second point of the big shift in Cuban relations. Well, this is, of course, the uh, the most dramatic change in hemispheric policy, in U.S. policy. Uh in the past year, uh, the uh, countries uh, of Latin America agreed, uh, all of them 100%, that they wouldn't attend another summit unless uh, Cuba was present. The Panamanians went ahead and invited Cuba over some objections of the United States. And uh, people were wondering, is President Obama going to show up at the summit? And the fact is uh, that not only is he going to show up at the summit, but he announced his own initiative toward Cuba, which I think wasn't exactly caused. It wasn't a cause and effect. But certainly the fact that the rest of the hemisphere said, you know, we can't have a hemispheric organization without Cuba, even though Cuba is in a democracy. And if the U.S. wants the Summit of the Americas, an inter-American organization, uh, then it really has to uh, open its arms to Cuba's participation. And that's happened. Are we going to see Cuba in a strange position then at this particular summit, invited back into this space, but then maybe being pressured by Venezuela regarding the sanctions that the Obama administration has put on Venezuela this spring. Well, let, let me say, I think that uh, there will be a fine line. Uh, Cubans are adept at, at this kind of diplomacy. They've already uh, pointedly criticized the United States for the sanctions and for uh, identifying Venezuela as a security threat to the United States. But at the same time, uh, a uh, delegation of Cubans came up to Washington to begin for a discussion of human rights issues. I think they're going to continue to play both sides of that. Uh, They need Venezuela still. Uh, Venezuela provides them with a big chunk of financing every year. At the same time, uh, 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 they know that reconciliation with the United States is is also a step forward in bolstering a... uh, uh, a still pretty weak, debilitated economy. So I think they're going to have to play both sides of that, and they're going to try to avoid a shock. They will simply make their statements. And they, like I say, the Cubans have been pretty agile at this. What about the agility of the U.S. and President Obama and the State Department in regards to Venezuela? Is Venezuela going to be something that ends up being the central focus of this summit uh, because of their complaints uh, against the United States? Well, I think the U.S. uh, clearly made a misstep. Uh, I've called it a blunder. Uh, Not so much in imposing sanctions. These sanctions were slap on the wrist to seven mid-level officials. Hard to sort of be very worried about them. But in uh, U.S. law required a certain language declaring Venezuela a security threat in order to impose the sanctions. And that's what's gotten everyone worked up, that uh, 
And I think that uh, the U.S. shouldn't have a whole lot of trouble in sort of fending it off, saying, you know, that uh, we're not a threat to Venezuela. We don't see Venezuela as as an imminent uh, threat to the United States. I hope that the summit doesn't get tangled in the Venezuela crisis. It's because nobody has been able to manage it very well. The Venezuelans have let it deteriorate. Their economy continues to uh, worsen. Uh, and of course, the politics have become more and more polarized, more and more conflictive, intense. Uh, the UNASUR group that pledged a year ago to try and seek a negotiated solution uh, that would involve the government and the opposition has failed in advancing any solution. And the U.S. now has made this uh, rather uh, unnecessary blunder, to, uh, uh, which has fired up the Venezuelans and uh, brought down a host of criticism from the rest of Latin America. So like I say, it seems like the Venezuela, it's, it's the Keystone cops trying uh, from every side to do something and everything seems to be going wrong and becoming more dangerous in the process. What else about the summit do you think that we should consider? Well, I think that uh, one should watch closely uh, the role that uh, Raul Castro plays. Remember, he was admitted back. The Cuba's suspension from the Organization of American States, the other hemisphere-wide organization that includes the United States, uh, was done four or five years ago now, in 2009. And the Cubans haven't done anything to reactivate their membership. They, they're not suspended, and they're not a participating member. Uh, what happens at the summit will be some indication if they're really taking other steps to rejoin hemispheric uh, politics, hemispheric relations, becoming a normal participant in hemispheric affairs. And this is what I think the most important thing to watch. They're going to be at the summit. They say they're going to be a full participant. They've opened up negotiations with the United States. Now the question is, there's a whole lot of other uh, hemisphere-wide organizations, inter-American organizations. Are they going to start to become an active participant more generally in inter-American affairs? We have heard people recently on this program wonder aloud about whether the Organization of American States is, is a useful organization anymore because of the lack of Cuba and, and dysfunction within the organization itself. Well, I think it's the dysfunction. It's not the absence of Cuba. I think the absence of Cuba uh, tended to uh, be symbolically the, why the Latin Americans didn't think it was so useful. But the, the, the organization has suffered over the past years. Its financial situation is, is, is debilitating. Uh, uh, the uh, differences, the discord among Latin American countries, between certain Latin American countries in the U.S., has paralyzed the organization in many aspects. But, you know, organizations, uh, that happens to organizations. Look at the U.S. Uh, Congress, that uh, it used to be uh, an organism that could work together and uh, produce results 
the Senate was, uh, what was it, the world's greatest deliberative body. Now it's the greatest polarizing body. And uh, so, uh, yeah, the OAS is going through a very difficult patch. Perhaps it's worst ever. But uh, I think that, that my own view is uh, that it's time to try and uh, rehabilitate the OAS. The U.S. ought to send a very strong ambassador there. I hope the Brazilians put their ambassador in. In other words, I think that it is an important organization. It has an important role to play. It hasn't been playing it. And I think it can be rehabilitated. I mean, you know, baseball teams win pennants and then they fall into the cellar. That's, uh, I don't know if the OS has won any pennants, but it's certainly in the cellar now. Thanks so much, Peter Hakem of the Inter-American Dialogue. Join us via Skype from Washington, D.C. on Latin Pulse. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it.